Hello and welcome to another episode of Rebel City Podcast. I'm just like reluctant to call these the isolation files or whatever, Mark, because it's everybody's like <laughs> renaming their podcast the fucking Aye. the Corona files or whatever. But there doesn't seem to be much else fucking going on, really, does there? No, no, at the minute. Um, I'm now into my first sort of full week of non-working isolation. Um, it's a, it is quite surreal. Um, my wife and daughter, as I was saying last week, have been in longer. Um, they are now basically climbing the walls while I'm kind of like in semi-holiday mode. So there's there's some weird energy in the room. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're like you're psyched to be like sitting about doing fuck all. What are they like three weeks in? They're actually in separate rooms. There's no talking. There's no any of that going on. You know what I mean? Like, but we'll 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 get through it. You know what I mean? Like, ah, yeah, absolutely. I think you've seen people sort of talk about how they're adapting. Um, I think. Just looking across the only sort of social contact that I've got to know with like sort of Twitter and Facebook is people are starting today you seeing like classes pop up online, like sort of like martial arts yep. classes and the personal trainers are all taking to that. We spoke about that in the last podcast, but that's really ramped mm-hmm. up. Um but everybody yeah. at the weekend downloaded House Party. So I think this was like okay. did you see this the the story about um it's an app basically a video conferencing app that you just connect through your Facebook and then obviously it pulls your friends in, but then there's like wee quizzes and stuff. So I think people were all drinking early weekend and doing yeah. like house party. Right. But it turned out... I've seen that, the term being used. I, I mean, it was everywhere, but it turned out that there was some sort of like mental Facebook post about how the app had enabled a hacker to get into somebody's online bank account and then there was like a mass deletion of this fucking app. It was just mental to watch okay. how we're so easily like manipulated now because the only sort of contact that we've got with the outside world is through these mediums, and now they're like, mm-hmm. I think there's a there's there's a distinct chance that people just click that they were very easy to get fucked with right now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I can understand why if people in contact as things like these, you know, the the, the realities of our world just now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, it was just seeing like the sort of mental sort of Facebook post though, like fucking Spartan that this, that, I mean, they had to come out and announce like, we'll not hack your bank account. So everybody downloaded it. Yeah. And then everybody deleted it early weekend based on not a lot. And I mean, we were talking about doing this episode and I was like, I wanted to talk a wee bit about conspiracies. And I think it was just a sort of mm-hmm. perfect example of how these things actually they sound like batshit crazy ideas, but they actually get momentum Aye. very, very easily. I think there was another one as well through the week where some sort of text message that claimed to be for the government, and if you clicked on the link, you were going to get docked like 35 quid or something like that. And I, there's that whole like Thousand Trees thing, you know, for the old stereophonic song, that takes one match to burn a thousand trees. Like, that's very much where... Some of the nonsense has taken us in the last couple of days. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what have you been filling your time with then? So, prior to you asking if I was ready to go at four o'clock today, I had just started episode one, The Phantom Menace. Um, so I'm I'm at the entire Star Wars trilogy stage of lockdown, or the trilogy or trilogies, or however many there is now. Um, prior to that, um, I'd, like almost everybody else, I was pretty much consumed by the other phenomena that is just like sweeping through the world's population and it was um, the Tiger King. Like, I know obviously 
in recent weeks I've been very sort of true crime and sort of documentary heavy and I wouldn't ordinarily go back to it as quickly as this but I mean this is this one was so out there that I think I watched like 25 minutes of it and was texting you going did you need, you need to watch this shit like it mm-hmm. is like unbelievable and it's kind of I spread like wildfire it's now at the point where um, two or three days ago my wife actually showed some mild symptoms of coronavirus and isolated into a separate room while we tried to work out how, you know, what was going on. Mm-hmm. She'd watched The Tiger King and I found her yesterday um, lying in bed watching the Joe Exotics actual TV channel. So she's <laughs> oh, now no. on the stage where she's watching content direct for his website that she's so, like, hooked on this guy's personality and stuff. So, Aye. I, it's kind of wild. I don't know. Did, did you get written here? I did. I did see it, man. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that I didn't even consider that this guy's website and his music and his YouTube channel and everything's just going to get an absolute bump. Like Everybody's going to be going and subscribing <laughs> to his content and stuff. I did watch it, man. I mean, it was strange to see how everybody that keeps a, like a big cat is an absolute fucking fruitcake. I just... Yeah. I mean... <sighs> but also... Once you're watching it, you're th- I'm thinking about it. You're like, it, it does take a special type of person to want to keep a fucking tiger or a lion in their house or yeah. outside in their fucking back garden, which is what a couple of them kind of look like they were doing. I mean, I get that they obviously like the Joe Exotic guy, he's working in like a sort of park where there's fucking hundreds mm-hmm. of them there. There was a couple of them where it just looked yeah. like they had cages and a bit of land behind their house and they're keeping these fucking Definitely. animals, man. It's mental. Absolutely fucking mental. So it does not surprise me to find out that they are, in fact, actually all fucking batshit crazy. I said I was I was conscious of the guy exotic already because he's popped up in a lot of the American sort of satirical shows, particularly when he was like running for president and stuff like that. Um, but to see the depth of just craziness that goes on in the guy's life in that detail was like astonishing. Like, I obviously don't want to ruin it for anybody who does go and watch it, but like. It's one of these shows where you're watching it, you're going, right, so that's that's logically where he's hit rock bottom. And then you're like, no, 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 there's, there is literally no bottom to this guy's story whatsoever. And I just could not believe that it, as it progressed, it just got wilder and wilder and wilder. And one of the, the, the sort of snippets I would talk about is that as much as the guy is like physically gazona, I'm amazed by like how he like projects his Im- the images himself during all this. So... One guy gets his arm bit off by a tiger and he's dressed as an EMT while he goes to... And he's, no, he's no an EMT. You know what I mean? Like one of his partners dies and he's at the funeral dressed as a reverend, you know, singing one of his hits about him and stuff like that. And like, mm-hmm. it's it's how the guy, like, the crazy terms in which the guy frames his life is almost as much a draw as the actual craziness that is going on in his life as well. It's, it's insane. Aye, man. Absolutely. I mean, there's a... Like you're saying, you don't want to ruin it for anybody. I think anybody, everybody must have watched this by now. Um, the bit mm. that blew my mind was like the way that he goes about like attracting his boyfriends. It's almost like a sort of like <laughs> cocktail of fucking crack cocaine and like animals that just attracting people. Aye. The bit that he's talking to the young guy that was like his newest boyfriend or his, his newest sort of boy toy type thing. Um, and they were describing how he he basically talked to him into thinking that he was gay, saying to him like, "Do you watch porn?" Yep. 
And the guy's like, aye. And he's like, do you like the, the big dicks in the porn? Aye. And he's like, well, you're no straight. It's like, what the fuck, man? Like, you're projecting <laughs> you're fucking crazy onto that guy who's like, what, looked about fucking 19 or 20 year old? Aye. Mind control and crack cocaine. Uh, it's probably quite telling that both his husbands come out as being straight throughout the course of the documentary. But mm-hmm. this is the thing that, uh, that amazes me. I, I, I have nothing against cats in general. I don't get them to the same extent as folk like yourself. But, like, are big cats that much a draw? Because when you look at all of these guys in this, she's got two husbands, like, they definitely use the cats as, like, an aphrodisiac. But, like, are cats, big cats, that much a pull that you would go against your own sexuality just to be around them? Like, that boggles my mind a lot. But it's something that you see happen at every stage and every one of the examples that the, the, the documentary shows you and you're just like, what the fuck? Is, like, how, what is the pool of big cats to the extent that you would do that? I don't know, man. Like, I know. It's incredible. The crazy. same thing was happening. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely, man. And the same thing was happening with the guy where he was getting all the young birds. You're like, what Aye. the fuck is going on here? And the, the way that they were explaining that he uses the, the, the attraction of the big cats to attract these young women and then like sort of seduces them uh, it, I'm with you man like it absolutely like, it confused the fuck right out of me I was just thinking like what the fuck is going yeah. on here how are these guys getting away with us um, Aye. just couldn't I believe I think it. as well like the notion the notion that the best and then they talk about conservation and I'm again I'm not wanting for animals to come at any harm but to qualify what these guys are doing is like conservation I think there's a bit of a stretch I don't think the place for 350 tigers is the plains of Oklahoma mm-hmm. um, you know what I mean I think if they were really interested in conservation they'd take all their time money and exposure and actually look to put breeding into a place that would allow the population to rise normally instead what they've got is kids you know American kids coming in to have their pictures taken so the next to a lion and you're just like it's not really conservation it's very sort of circusy if anything else you know what I mean what and I think they all pointed fingers at each other on this mm-hmm. and the, the Carol Baskin and they've all went oh I know we're the real ones looking after them and this one isn't they and then when you see their tactics side by side some of them are using you know cult tactics to garner their wives and stuff like that whereas like Baskin woman was essentially indoctrinating people in, in different levels I feel to how she was like managing her staff and you're like there's a lot of crossover, even though they were all that's like that Spider-Man meme where the two Spider-Men are pointing fingers at each other. And you're just like, it was very much kind of, you sort of doing the same thing. What is, what mm-hmm. is the beef here? You know what I mean? Aye. I was thinking, see, when I was first watching it, when they were talking about the Carol, did you say her name was Carol Baskin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the Joe Exotic. I assumed that they lived within the same sort of area. Are like like really right. close to each other. So I was thinking like why is why are they in like competition? Then when I found out I was watching later on, I twigged that they don't the two parks or the two animal sanctuaries, whatever they're, they're fucking calling it, are nowhere near each other. I was like, why is there such beef? Like you're saying, like what the fuck is going on? I mean, his obsession right. about her feeding her, her dead husband to her animals was fucking <laughs> absolutely mind boggling. I mean it it was almost like Aye. he believed 
everything so you would all the shit like all the sort of shit stirring that he did on his channel when he was talking about this Carol woman and all the sort of the projection the way that he carried himself and projected it it was almost like he's deluded himself he's lied to himself enough that he actually believes that that's who he is well I mean he was certainly like in character you know he's gone method a lot of the time he's, I think he did create Joe Exotic as a character that he ended up sort of gradually becoming um, to an extent but mm-hmm. either the, I think the Carol Baskin stuff has a lot to do with that because, you know, they started out as competitors, they started out as, you know, rivals, they were, you know, digging each other out. And then I it just descended into absolute madness where he's creating music videos <laughs> that have a look like her feeding her dead husband to a tiger and you're just like, Jesus fucking Christ, like, there is, I don't know, like, trolling, like, real, he was trolling her in real life, you know what I mean? Like, it was... I don't know how anybody around about me thought it was a good idea. You know what I mean? Like, the funny bit about it as well is that he's actually an alright fucking singer and songwriter if that is actually him that's doing that. <laughs> some of the tunes were actually alright. You're like, that sounds... I mean, take out some of the sort of strange lyrics and whatever, and but you're like, that sounds like a, a country and western, like Keith Urban or whoever. Like that sounds like them. Aye. It wasn't far away. If the song in its entirety wasn't like slanderous or liable, then exactly. you, know, you might actually like it. Aye, exactly, <laughs> man. Like just it's, it's no talking about like falsely accusing people of feeding their fucking family members to tigers. Do you know what I mean? But it's fucking it's so strange, Aye. man. I've never seen anything like that. I I told um, uh, Darren to watch it, and he fucking just sent me a WhatsApp going, "I do not believe that this is real." Um, I was the same it was just total disbelief but he was on um, Louis Through yep he did like a, a BBC documentary and I went and checked that out and you're right like as far as like the character's concerned he was a sort of shade less Joe Exotic and the Louis Through thing comparison to the Netflix mm-hmm. obviously he's prepared himself for fucking Netflix coming room or whatever and try to project mm-hmm. but Absolutely mental. I think it was this reality TV producer that like, really, you know, precipitated the the descent into nonsense. Because I think that's where the Joe Exotic character really came from. Was when he put him on the throne and was like, "Right, we're going to go and record this reality TV show." And the next thing, he's stunning in his gift shop, sacking people and stuff like that. And they're all just looking at him as if none of this is real. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it was horrible. But I think that is a lot where the the character became, or he became this character that he was playing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, but in terms of like reality, I, I, it's hard to find like a comparison. Like I know there's a, a really good movie out there, um, Thunder Road, where the guy has a complete breakdown at the funeral in the first fifteen minutes and does a song and dance routine and honour his mum, and it's the most horrific, most hilarious thing I've ever seen in my life. But this guy actually did that in real life. See when I seen it. Where he's just doing the song in front of the coffin. Uh-huh. I actually cringed so hard when he broke my own jaw. So I did like, it was, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like, the most subtle satires in actual real life. I was just like, I cannot believe that I just seen one of my favourite movie scenes the whole time actually happen to somebody in real life. Like, so inappropriate. It was wild. Aye, man. Like, I mean, he could definitely, I mean, if you change the accent, like that guy could have grew up in Easterhouse. No, I mean just with the sort of <laughs> level and that case and the, the the wild sort of confidence that he's got in some of the shit that he was Aye. doing. But, um, I've been. Pff, Tiger up, energy. 
tiger energy. It's like fucking Charlie Sheen who was talking about fucking tiger right. blood. But I mean, I've been I've been watching a lot of stuff, man. Like um, see, like the Star Wars marathon. I've I've done it. Like I've not done Star Wars yet. I've no because that is like they're right. one of my staples. So I've no like went as far as right. like digging in. But I've been trying to find like new stuff, but. I've been consuming so much Netflix and Amazon Prime that I need to like get myself straight Aye. at night. I need to like stop just sitting down at like and <laughs> instead of normally it would be like six o'clock or if it's a night where I've got a class it would be like eight o'clock, which I think is kinda acceptable. But mm-hmm. now it's like four o'clock and I'm like, right, <laughs> bed and done get the telly on and then just watching TV at the end of the night. <laughs> so, but there's there's what have you been watching then, good? Um, have been, you just been disappearing down a pure conspiracy podcast hole? That's been a part of it, that's been a wee part of it, but um, some of the, um, I've been watching RuPaul's Drag Race, but that's just because Sean's been, I need to watch it, there's, there's no two ways about it. Okay. Um, there's certain bits of it that's actually enjoyable. But I mean, overall, it's just far too camp for me. Far, far too camp. Right. But that's just. I mean, no judgment here, mate. Aye, but I'm just. I, there is elements to it that's enjoyable. It's like anything else. You watch it, you get into it. That's you. Like you, you end up just mm-hmm. right, stick it on. Aye. I've been watching a bit of RuPaul's Drag Race, um, and I've been watching. I mean, don't even, I Friends. Been I started Friends on Netflix. Been watching season one, season two of Friends. So they're just like, you can kind of tune out. I play like eight ball pool on my iPad while I'm sitting watching Friends. But other than that, I have been right. doing like a bit of a sort of coronavirus fucking conspiracy theory. There was one that appeared the other day. Okay. Um, was David Icke had put a YouTube video up. And okay. Basically, the, there's a lot of conspiracy, but within it all, there's either sort of two narratives. There's Either the virus is fake and that we're just being sort of put under control. This is just the lockdown okay. and getting everybody out of work and and like isolation is just a way of mm-hmm. controlling the population for whatever the mass plan is. I mean, you would be yeah. if that conspiracy is to be like believed or if if you, you think that that's maybe a possibility, you would be Asking every government on the planet to be on the same page at the same time, um, which I think straight away, I and I think straight away you're just that that sort of rules that out. But one of the sort of main bits of evidence that David Icke, obviously, like David Icke's a UK-based conspiracy theory, he's basically like yeah. the UK's version of Alex Jones, where he's the, the main guy. guy. The royals were wizards or some shit, yeah. Aye, he's the main guy, so he's got a fair following, um, and the the main sort of piece of evidence that he was using to back up his argument that it was fake, so he's in the fake camp, he thinks that the virus doesn't exist, and that it's a, a cold or a okay. flu, it's like a bad flu that's going about, and um, it, COVID-19 doesn't exist, and the, the main, or it does right. exist, but it's not as bad as what they make it. And the main piece of evidence that he was sort of citing is is that the British government had downgraded it. So the British government downgraded the virus a second for top. So the same sort of 
level that we've seen with like sort of SARS or um, H1N1, right. which obviously is mm-hmm. nowhere near as deadly as COVID-19. Um, so yeah. listen to his conspiracy, listen to that. That's what he, because it's been downgraded, it's not as bad. And that conspiracy theory basically falls that, well, his personal view is, is that we're going into a sort of police state that we're, this is like 1984. We're making the change. We're taking like a mm-hmm. sort of authoritarian. We're getting locked down. We can't go to work, and that's the way that it's going to stay. They're basically going to start dictating to us what we can do and putting us into mm-hmm. hibernation or isolation. But basically, after like a sort of like quick read of a couple of articles, the main consensus around this is that the British government have downgraded the virus so that they can back up the herd immunity. That's why they come up. So when people sort of look back, they can sort of point the finger and say, well, at the time when we were citing herd immunity, it wasn't that bad, and then they'll upgrade it back up. So that's basically like, the the British government have downgraded it, and that is true, which has got the sort of UK conspiracy community sort of talking, and why have they done this? But the interpretation is is off. Exactly, and it's because they're going to be able to cite this, because that's why they keep saying we're following the science, and we're taking these uh, the chief science and the chief medical officer, and because it's been downgraded to that sort of non-severe, once they upgrade it back up to severe, They'll be able to show that that's the point, and that's why they went down. Because I think personally, for me, it's clear that the herd immunity idea has been a fucking stupid idea. Totally, and I think even this week, you can see how bad an idea it was when um, Donald Trump actually fucking threw Boris Johnson straight under the bus on herd immunity in front of the American press corps to buy self cover, and it was almost a moment where he went, "Look, you think ma?" response has been bad. Like, look at the UK. Um, and I think when Trump is legitimately digging you out for your tactics on this one, um, you probably do have to have a look at how you approach that. I think that's what we've got with all conspiracies, is that there is elements of the truth that are undeniable in all these stories, and all, you know, all across time. But it's how those truths are then interpreted by people with agendas. And I think that's probably a perfect example, as you say, uh, Somebody who's taking legitimate information that people need to know and then try to twist it to make people scared of something that probably isn't the case. I mean? I mean, I think that there's there's a hell of a lot of people that, that do actually believe in quite obscure conspiracy theories nowadays. I mean, if you were even to go back sort of four or five years, I don't think it would have there would be quite so many people, but everybody seems to be into mm. either one conspiracy or another. Um, like one of the huge ones in America that with a, and we've spoken about this on the podcast before is the QAnon Aye. conspiracy theory about there being an insider within the the deep state that is the Q level clearance, and that's why it's sort of related to Trump. So we've spoken about that before, but that community of people think that the the virus itself is so they split another two camps so they've got um this is the storm happening so they believe that the virus is fake and doesn't exist and they're using it as a way so the trump administration are basically putting the full world under lockdown so that they can now go and make all the arrests of 
the paedophile ring, like the worldwide paedophile ring that exists, and that's why Tom okay. Hanks. So they, that this is where they're saying that the <laughs> the Tom Hanks thing about him getting into isolation is a way for him to um, explain his suicides. He's got to commit suicide because he's one of the heads of the Pizzagate paedophile ring. Tom Hanks. Yeah. And his son, right. his son had to make a well. He made a sort of satirical um, response and was talking about how they are the head of the Illuminati and that the conspiracy theory is correct and blah blah blah. But that this is that this is the sort the of big one. The Vinci Code to the film, you know what I mean? Like, so has experience with the Illuminati, so you know you never know. <laughs> that Tom Hanks, that Woody for Toy Story is Forrest so, Gump. Uh, Forrest Gump is like the head of the Illuminati. Like, okay then. I've no delved quite as deep on them. I, there's, there's a couple of the QAnon ones. We'll maybe talk about another one later on. But as far as like the American mm. response, I've no really, I've deliberately decided to only watch, if it happens, the official update for Nicholas Sturgeon. I'll maybe check out the UK one if there's something big that's happening, or because yeah. you know the way that the rumor mill happens that something big's coming the night. And but um, I've decided to make a conscious decision not to engage with it. Um, outside mm. research for the podcast and maybe that one update a day just to find out what the sort of state of play is. So I don't uh-huh. really know what's going down in America. Um, is it like state by state, or some of them in lockdown, some of them on there? Like I don't really understand so, what's going on. I'm not entirely sure on the lockdown front. I know that the response is on a state by state basis, with wider federal help. Um, I think the you know figures that were getting quoted could go as high as two hundred and fifty thousand. Um, Trump was refusing to authorise the purchase of ventilators because he didn't want the ventilators to be left lying about all the place after this and no getting used, um, which seems crazy. Um, but That's yeah, he's just been, been his usual self. Everything he says is nonsense. The Daily Show did a great wee snippet on him where they took all his various press conferences and mashed them together and then bleeped out what he was saying every time he told a lie, the same way you would have somebody swore. And these videos were just pure constant beep, 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 beep. So they wonder so many people there believe these crackpot conspiracies when the President of the United States is standing at a podium talking to you about how he's got the best fucking ratings in the world and you're like I but you're announcing the deaths of your citizens like that ratings is not an indication of people wanting to see you and if anything there was like you know TV shows one of the guys with Taggart dug him on Twitter going well episode one of Taggart got 13 million so shut the fuck up and you're just like I, you know what I mean? Like, shut the fuck up. Well, like, nobody gives a fuck about ratings at a time like this. Like, yeah. So the guy's so far off in his NBA ego trip that uh, he's, he's best at you know, you know what I mean? Like, there's a chief medical officer there's getting a lot of stick for really previous episodes, but he said something like, actually, what's happening is really this. Well, that guy, that doctor is now somewhat unsurprisingly coming for stick for Trump supporters, undermining the president's message and blah, blah, blah. And the guy's been bang on the whole way through. So, mm-hmm. People should just get the fuck out of his road, really. You know what I mean? Aye, like, absolutely. I, mean, I think there's a number of countries. We're moving to a point where I think all countries are going to have to start thinking about what their response is after this. Mm-hmm. Because some numbers are dipping, some are rising. You know, there are various reasons behind both. People, certain countries at different stages of this. But I noticed that the debate in the UK is now starting to gradually shift towards 
well, how did this happen? How, why was this not the case? Where is our PPE? Where yeah. are our ventilators? Why are we being asked to choose between fit and unhealthy people for treatment? You know, so I there's definitely now a shift towards that, and I think yeah. we need to be careful of conspiracies because guys like Trump and potentially guys like Johnson who are forming this type of area are going to try and you know use it for cover. And we definitely should mm-hmm. be allowing that. We need to get the truth of the matter on these yeah, things. Yeah, you know I mean, I'm like, this is exactly what I was going to say. Is that I mean, this is you've already had sort of Donald Trump Jr. going on saying that he thinks that the whole thing is being over exaggerated by the left. Air quotes as I always say when we're talking about the American left, but by the left or by the Democrats yeah. as a way to destroy the, the economy and pull the rug from underneath Donald Trump because that's what he's been doing for the last sort of four years is building the economy towards like yeah. this great thing that he's claiming that it is. But I mean he I've got a feeling that if he gets beat in November it'll be that this is that that'll probably be what he comes out with as an excuse to why he's been beat. Um I mean well do you even fine, think that they'll have the elections? Who knows at this point? I mean, I honestly couldn't call that right now. Um, and I don't think they could either. So it's going to be just kicked into the long grass. Um, I think if you're in an American and you're thinking about the election, somebody like Joe Biden, really all you need to do at the moment is just sit on your hands and just shut the fuck up and just let Trump just be Trump. You know what I mean? Like if you want to, it sounds like a bad time to do this. You want political leadership. But I mean, this is a new one situation for anybody in, in the political sense come the American an election what yeah. you know I think I would be just into Biden sit down shut up and let Trump just do what he's doing and just stay with it you know, yeah into the best absolutely, absolutely. You know I mean? like, he'll hoping but I think as well like one of the the mental conspiracies that I come across and was pretty disgusted by and it was kind of like as we wound up last week I was saying you know fake news and these conspiracies are something we need to be super aware of. we don't want panic we don't want some of the examples we talked about at the start of the show spread wildfire through people and this was about these um, temporary hospitals. So I seen a guy um, in London when they announced the Florence Nightingale, you know, temporary hospital. Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, this was this was basically going to be a London death camp. And you're just like, who? I mean, what the fuck, man? Like, who's coming up with that shit? Uh, it's in the name because Florence Nightingale was, you know, a palliative nurse. And you're like, you're reading so much. Like, she's also the UK's most famous nurse. Ever. So it makes sense on purely name recognition terms to name something like that mm-hmm. after Florence Nightingale. But there doesn't have to always be an agenda. This guy then went on to like several, you know, hundreds of comments with people going, shut up. And he just was like, this is just what I believe. And he wasn't saying, here's my evidence or here's this. His response to like a hundred responses was just, this is what I believe. I, like, that's so dangerous. Aye, you know absolutely. I mean? Like, I mean, other than the dangerous... Promoting these things as death camps. I know. It's, it's, it's insane. I mean, it's so dangerous, like you're saying, to like even put the fucking stupid, crazy fucking ideas out there for other people. Like, if you were... If that was like 20, 30 years ago and you were to go up to people in the street and talk about that, you'd probably end up in a fucking straitjacket. Do you know what I mean? But... 
This is what fucking social media and Twitter has done. It's legitimised everybody's ideas. It's like almost like becoming stream of consciousness where people think just because they think of something that they should put it out there is something that can either be legitimised through their social media echo Mm. chamber or even turned into a commodity where people use their stupid ideas like Gwyneth Paltrow to start selling shit to people. Do you know what I mean? So this is... Mm. This this seems like almost like the the perfect storm is happening between the people's legitimate fears about fucking what's happening in the world and the situation that we find ourselves in, and like absolutely mm-hmm. like people out there are, are afraid, and but it's also feeding into this sort of strange thing that we've found ourselves like happening to us through sort of the phone and the mobile phones and through social media where we're so susceptible to other people's silly ideas. I mean, the amount of fucking people that I've seen posting screenshots, like WhatsApp messages saying, text message for an NHS worker, like, this is what's happening and taking screenshots and mm-hmm. posting it to their social media, forwarding it onto group chats within WhatsApp. Yeah. Yeah you start to think like these are people that I know and respect and they're even getting involved in this shit and I'm, I'm sitting here yeah. trying to create a podcast going into sort of slag people that are getting caught up in this sort of negative way Aye, of that's thinking definitely you know not the intention and no, it's it, more about saying to folk like let's be super conscious of how we take in and process what could or could not be like useful information to people like absolutely man absolutely agree um, I think some of them, like you're saying, anybody just, like you're wrong or a dick. Oh, absolutely, that's it. Like you're, you know, it's just it's a worrying trait that we're starting to see, and it's being amplified Definitely. by the fact that we're all really on the internet all the all day, every day, and mm-hmm. we're just starting to see. I mean, there was a video that went viral the day as well, like making this podcast earlier on the day the woman that goes up and is filming the guys that are laying the fibre optic cable for 5G and as matter of fact saying to them that that is going to kill their parents, that it's the 5G when they switch that on that starts to kill people and the guy's standing there just like I'm just doing a job, like what the fuck is going on here? I mean you can literally see in his face where he's just like what the fuck is going on here but this is where we are, that is getting thousands upon thousands of views and you'll probably fall into one or two camps, you'll fall into the camp that we're in where we're like, that's like half hilarious, half like she should, somebody should have a word with that person. And then you get people that are just actually believing this shit, that that 5G mobile network, these are conspiracies that originated in people thinking that your mobile phone was going to give you testicular cancer or Mm -hmm. this has always been there. People, back in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s, it was the TV that that was the big worry and radiation coming off the television and that'll kill you. Your microwave. Exactly. Then on to the 80s and 90s where it was microwave ovens and then the mobile phone mass and now it's still there with 5G where, like, why would anybody legitimately think that that is what's going to happen, that they're going to switch on a mobile phone network and we're all going to die? What what is the benefit of that? that to anybody here. But again, you can't help crazy. You can't stop people being crazy and there are difficult times you know, people pulling in a lot of directions and I people who maybe wouldn't ordinarily fall into hysterical categories have done um you know, it is easy done. Mm-hmm. Um I think in terms of like spending time on the internet, 
I have, I've, I've tried to be conscious here. Um, you know, as you say, I've not really been following the news. I've, I've kind of like treated my first full week half as almost kind of like semi-holiday time and then next week I'll think about putting routines and stuff back in place. But when I've been on the internet and I think it's something that I've maybe missed in the past and we've, we've talked about, you know, the algorithm and all these types of things and, you know, it became something that they're rolling through and really nothing else to pay attention to. Um, and it turns out that I really like Apparently, really like watching tables being made out of resin. I really enjoy apparently watching swords being made. Um, I've I've seem to be getting a lot of five minute crafts. I don't know if you've ever seen this. This is where people no. take shit for like bottle tops and punch holes in them and glue them to the wall to make like a wee towel holder. And like it's very like Blue Peter kind of like here's one I made earlier type <laughs> stuff. Um, I think this is all stuff. At some point or other, I have scrolled by in the past and I have went, you know what, it's caught my interest while I was having a smoke. And the algorithm has registered that I watched that five minute craft and no pushes, nothing but five minute crafts or homemade bowling balls. Or the, the, the day there was a video that was how to make an ostrich egg out of resin. No, what the fuck? Who's, who's making ostrich eggs out of resin? Uh, I don't know. Exactly. But it was, it was there on my feed because I've clearly watched some similar in the past but like I wonder at which point given that I've never really been conscious of actively watching these things previously that is how much is it me seeking out that content or how much is that content being pushed to me now because I've Aye. watched it once or twice exactly where, that's like I'm not conscious of watching swords being made very often but this week I have watched like no joke 50 swords get made like no that was not a favoured pastime of mine up until this week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so where does it come from? Absolutely. You know what I mean? like, like, I watched one competitive eating video and I can't get away from them. I can't <laughs> fucking get away from them. My YouTube fucking homepage is just competitive eating. That's it. And I think some, like, I'm like you, I think it was right. maybe two weeks later where I had watched either like a, a, a song breakdown. So it's either, this is, this is like my algorithm is People sitting critiquing music, which is fucking, it sounds probably fucking boring as fuck, but I love, or the people that made it sort of breaking down the process of making that song. I love them, right? right. The, the second one is competitive eating, and the third one is workout videos. See, if you go into my fucking YouTube homepage, that is all you get. You don't get fuck all. But I, I sat and thought about it about a week ago, same as you, and thinking, did I find this? Did I, did I actually fucking find competitive eating through just going down a, a rabbit hole? Or was it fucking, it's been pushed onto me by the algorithm because I've watched something that's either similar. I don't know what what, what it could have been that was similar. Um, ah, do you know what it was? It was, do you know the guy Eddie Hall? He's the world record deadlift champion. strongest man. That dude, right. I watched one of his workout videos and then it, it suggested a video that he was in where he was with a competitive eater, UK's best competitive eater eating, I think it was KFC. Okay. I clicked on that video and then all I get now is these fucking five or six competitive eating channels, which, to be honest, man, like, <laughs> go and have a look at some competitive eating. It's impressive. Like, some of the fucking There's videos... There's only other sport on at the minute. You know what I mean? Ex well, exactly. Maybe we can get some bets going on, like, fucking competitive eating, but... Um, Aye, My favourite is life hacks. So as like, so as well as 
or the other ones, life hacks, kind of similar to five-minute crafts, where it gives you stuff. And it's mostly people using balloons for shit that already exists. So, like, blow up this balloon and, you know, sellotape it here and it'll make a whatever. And, but, I all of these programs or all of these wee five-minute snippets, and they, they get millions of views. And like, so whoever's doing them is, like, right, man. you know what I mean? Like, I absolutely, but like the other Dane is like cutting pitch that's lying about the house up to make stuff that you can already buy on Amazon for like one pound fifty. Aye, like, so one of the most, like life hacks. One of the most popular fucking YouTube things today is people watching Probably. other people react to things. So like uh, that is <laughs> that is a huge huge market on YouTube is like watch old people react to Blink-182. So you're watching an old person watch Blink-182 videos and then <laughs> taking in their reaction. At least you're watching something that you can just have a feeling about and react about. At least you're not watching somebody watch something and then actually enjoying that. I don't understand like where this strange things came from. Swans as well that I've seen that's um, singing teacher reacts to Smells Like Teen Spirit and they get like this old singing teacher to sit down and they'll listen to Smells Like Teen Spirit and you watch her reaction it's, it is strangely satisfying though there's something like I don't know man, there's just something about it where you're like I don't, it, it, is, it is enjoyable but also I'm aware that I'm, I'm like watching other people react to shit so almost like a YouTube channel dedicated to watching people open presents. I think as well in terms of if you're talking about stuff that's been enjoyable, um, I know last week we were dishing it out to the you know Wonder Woman and Co for their cringy nonsense. Um, I actually had two that I really liked this week. Um, one was my hero, um, you know, required staff uh, all around the world, which I thought was actually like a really nice touch. It was really well done. Um, but I don't know if you've seen it last night, and it is hands down, just the internet thing that has completely won the lockdown worldwide, uh, and it was Samuel L. Jackson reading Stay the Fuck at Home. Have you seen this? No, I missed that. So, there's a video of Samuel L. Jackson and he's reading what is clearly like a kid's, like a nursery school like bedtime storybook and, and the book is titled Stay the Fuck at Home and like he does like a Samuel L. Jackson style poem about how motherfuckers listen to him and everybody should just stay the fuck at home. But he does it in the style of like a nighttime bedtime story sort of thing and it's hands down one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. So I I'll need to check that out. If you listen to this, you've nowhere to seen it, go and check out Samuel L. Jackson telling people to stay the fuck at home. But you nice. definitely won the, the lockdown for me on that one. It sounds awesome. Sounds awesome, dude. Did you <clears throat> I mean earlier on you were talking about like as we start start to get sort of a wee bit deeper into this we're starting to see like people ask like questions about basically like the governments around the world's reactions. But did you see? Um, yeah. I mean, we're starting to even see other things be politicised. So, what was the guy's name? Um, he was basically he he was posting about the cost, like the economical cost versus the lives saved. Oh, so. Toby Young. Toby Young. Aye, this guy, this, this yeah, guy's article. This week's Corona can <laughs> I fucking, you're not wrong, man. You're not fucking wrong. I mean, uh, yeah. did you read the article? I didn't, no, because I just used to click on it. Toby Young is a bit of a sort of conservative straw man where 
he's kind of sent out into the ether to float horrible ideas so that when the government actually does something a bit more human than like just letting elderly people die, they get held up as heroes. Like, and uh, he's the the kind of harbinger of the, the nonsensical end of some of the policy making, so that these concessions that the government then give on positions are seen to reasonable. But this is uh, this is even out there. Although when we talked in recent weeks about again the notion of Cummings and his eugenics ideals, we've then got you know Toby Young talking about you know. Do we really need to spend £185 billion stopping granny for dying? And you're like, of course we do. Like, we're going to just let hundreds of thousands of people die because, you know, money? Like, fuck you. Like, honestly, the guy is an absolute trick. I think he's the guy that got appointed as, like, education secretary or he was in charge of of some sort of private schooling division of the education department, lasted three days and got chased out because... Yeah, is a universally useless bastard. So fuck him and fuck his opinions on letting old cunts die. Aye, absolutely, man. I mean, absolute uber prick. When I was thinking about the sort of idea of putting economics above human life, so basically, like, mm-hmm. not worrying about the cost as long as it is minimal to sort of feed the the economics of the country. People like Toby Young who genuinely harbour that as an opinion. I mean, he's outed himself as... I mean, he's not asking a fucking question. He's telling you what he thinks. He thinks that we shouldn't be doing it. Mm. But is it really any surprise when we've had that for really like the last sort of 10 years in the form of like just policy, like austerity? Yeah. I don't think... He probably feels like he's right that we shouldn't be putting human life above economics. But for me, when I think about that, is like we created this fucking market. I don't understand mm. why we think that it's some kind of like living organism that we need to like feed where like the fucking bodies are like grannies and granddads up and down the fucking country. Like that for me is crossing some sort of moral line. I mean, I mean. It isn't a surprise given where we've been, you know, in terms of austerity and stuff like that. Um, but it doesn't make it acceptable. You no. know, if you're doing a balance sheet of cost versus life, I'm going to side with Nicola Sturgeon every time and say that we can rebuild an economy, but we can't bring people back to life. So the priority has to be obviously about the sustaining a life. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Pensioners are overwhelmingly who are people heading towards pension age are overwhelmingly who support Conservatives have been used as a battering ram to force things like Brexit and, you know, various other sort of constitutional changes through, you know, election victories and so on and so forth. For them to then be like, whatever, 10 weeks after the election. So, guys, you know, thanks for getting us in and getting us an overwhelming majority, but, like, you're on your own now. It's just incredible. You know what I mean? Like, Again, I think the argument is out there in an almost abstract sense, so that, you know, when questions start to get asked, you know, well, what were we talking about herd immunity for? Why did we know what down sooner? Where are the ventilators? Where are the equipment? You know, they can go, well, hold on a minute. You know, the, you know, we, we didn't just leave the elderly to die. We're, you know, as we've seen here, we're going Michael Gove yesterday. The first of thousands of ventilators will be arriving in the UK. Now, Andrew Neil followed up the question today and announced that, do you know how many of those first of those thousands of ventilators are actually going to make it into the UK this weekend? 30. You know what I mean? Like, 
500 people died overnight last night mm-hmm. and this weekend the NHS expects to take over per thousand. You know what I mean? There's an urgency, I get that, like politics should be the last thing on people's minds, but politics can be on, the last thing on the mind of a politician. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And the guys that are running the are all politicians, you know what I mean? Like the decisions they make are political as well as often in the national interest at a time like this. But like you can see people trying to massage where we are just now so that it's easier to paint a rosier picture than the line. You know what I mean? Like the fella that was on news night, the minister would have been like, How many tests have been done? He's like we can do up to ten thousand a day. How many the numbers are Seven thousand. So why have we not done ten? We're getting towards ten, and you're like they won't. They won't even answer direct questions when repeatedly pressed on it. So there are already people that feel that decisions have been made where their answers need to be covered, and it's all going to have to come out in the wash down the line. Mm-hmm. I I'm I'm with you on that man. Like I don't think that I I don't like that sort of don't politicise things right now. This isn't the time. Like people are dying. I think that. Right. We we need to critique this response. Like it's it seems to have been well. It, it looks like it was far too late. It looks like everybody's just reacted. I mean, some of the stuff that comes out information wise about ventilators, about when we were told, we need to pay attention to what's going on. Like I think that a long way what we were talking about earlier on about overconsumption of streaming services or finding things to distract yourself while you're in lockdown I think that there needs to be at least a healthy consumption of all the information so that we can sort of take note and we were talking about that last week when it came to like businesses and how people are starting to really sort of take note of the people that were the cunts and the people that were born there. We should be doing yep. the same with the politicians we should be doing the exact same. To say that it was a difficult decision, difficult situation and everything else is all well and good when we don't know the the facts about when people were told exactly when charities were or there was um like World Health Organization asking for two hundred and fifty K a country and getting a hundred K back after everybody. Like we need to know these things. Yeah. We need to take note of these things so that we can avoid on this type of situation happening again because this feels very much to me the way that they're talking like this is going to be the sort of tip of the iceberg that we could potentially be in situations like this more in the future and within our lifetimes and we need to yeah. really know best practice do you know what I mean um, and we seem to be mm-hmm. losing that amongst the, politi- the, pol- the politicians sort of like you're saying sort of smoke screening stuff and sort of just making making it look like they've made all the right choices when we know that we could have potentially saved a lot of people Aye, and, it is, and it's their job to do that, you know what I mean, like, I get that to an extent, you know what I mean, like, but there definitely needs to be a bit more transparency in terms of how we're getting talked to just now. Um, I'm not happy about how we've not tested to the extent that other countries have, but that, you know, data is, <clears throat> let's say, incomplete. I got into this with one of the guys online, so I'm reluctant to, you know, go again and feel like anybody's getting dug out, that's not the intention, but like, I have doubts about how some of the data has been managed based on what I've seen out there. Um, and it's no necessarily something that's been malicious, but at the same time, uh, something that can have a big impact. And these are all things as this goes, because to be prepared as possible if this ever happens again, 
there has to be a cross examination of how this was handled. Hundred percent. The noises that are being made at the minute are somewhat discouraging. You know what I mean? Because I think if they were nation first politics and this the way they say they are, there wouldn't be any need for political language to cover mistakes or delays, which has been pretty present so far. You know what I mean? Like, but again, it's one of the ones that sort of time will tell. Um, I think on the, 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 you know, people taking note, as we discussed last week, about how companies behave in these scenarios, well, one of the companies that I'd probably like to just take a wee minute, because we did dig out the Tim guy for um, Weatherspoons for being an absolute wank um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, but the day I've seen that um, West Breweries in Glasgow have announced that they will no longer stock any Weatherspoons and that they would rather go and sweep the streets for a living than have to deal with them. And I just know, I think that's one of the ones that that is exactly the shit. I'm not a big West fan in terms of all that because I've had a few that are nice. No trying to, you know, I got in that respect, just trying to say, like, this is a company, one of our own in Glasgow, who's actually went, you know, but that's not right, fuck you, and I want nothing met today with you. Yeah, and I think this is the tip of that iceberg that we've been talking about, is that companies with an actual conscience who put their people first, not only need to, like, stand up and say, no, we're putting more people first, they actually need to go, there needs to be a negative financial impact on you from no day in the same way. Our brand is linked to your brand. If you behave in a manner that is not in you know, congruent with your branding, then get you to fuck. And I'm really glad to see that at least one company in Glasgow has already started doing that. Mm-hmm. I man, I loved that. I loved seeing their announcement. Um, and I'm hoping this is what we were talking about. We've been talking about the last couple of episodes. That I'm hoping that there's a mere moral consideration given to doing business with people like that, so that we can actually see that mm-hmm. as the masses, we control this market that we're always talking about like we can actually like vote with our wallets like don't buy things off of people that you don't agree with how they deal with these situations it's just such a strange mm-hmm. I, it's like we're all doing the same thing at the same time when this is never really gives you an opportunity where everybody's in a sort of uniform manner it's, it's like this top to bottom so like in politics every government right now is dealing with the exact same situation so they can't point fingers at yep. each other and blame and say that they shouldn't have done that like that because you're going to need to lead by example like you see in Canada I think Canada's given $1,900 to each citizen um, and yep. Trump's or the Americans are trying to talk that down <laughs> you're like well you're if you're you can't you can't compare it. Like you can't say that we're doing a, we're doing a better job than that because X, Y, and Z. When you're there is a monetary value of twelve hundred dollars versus nineteen hundred dollars in real terms. So th- we're seeing everybody doing the same thing at the same time, and we'll be able to compare and contrast exactly what's happened without it being well. That was a different time, or that's a di- we are literally dealing with the exact same shit worldwide. So we get yeah. to see that, and we get to see that in business as well. So every company is having to deal with a difficult situation, so they can't blame the situation for the decisions that are made because there are better examples yeah. of how they should have acted right on the fucking doorstep. And we're, it, it is a strange sort of time for just that, that we get an opportunity, hopefully, at the tail end of this, to go, let's make some fucking changes to the way... I mean, even just shit like... I'm realising that if I go to the shops once a week, I'll save like 30% of my, my food shop. 
just by doing that because I'm forced to do it. So I'm going to make that fucking change and I'm going to, and I think that that will happen everywhere where they'll streamline everything. It's an opportunity for reflection and how we're working, how we're spending, what companies we get on money to, mm-hmm. how the governments are performing. And I'm hoping that we can come out the other side and make actual change. And that's why, linking back to what we were saying 10 yeah. minutes ago, it's really important that we compare, contrast, and take note of what the fuck's going on around about us so that when we come out the other side, we can make changes and prepare ourselves for anything, really. I think one of the, the changes, particularly in a Scottish context, that we need to be wary of, I know we've talked about how Westminster's legislative process is going to have to be time-managed and you know checked and made sure that it doesn't exceed its remit in terms of the, the outbreak. There are obviously some changes that are being discussed in Scotland as well um, at Holyrood. Um, one of the ones that really worried me because it, it really reflected some of the concerns that I had when the Scottish Government forced through the Offensive Behaviour Act was the notion that jury trials in Scotland were being suspended and that trials would go ahead with like a judge. Um, as a tough situation, people were facing potentially, you know, unlimited delays in, in terms of when trials and stuff like that can happen but we can't throw something like a jury trial out the window because it's an emergency this is one of these ones where there are changes that need to happen and, and ways we need to adapt yeah. and then some circumstances because trial by a jury or peers especially at a time of flux is absolutely vital it's one of our most basic human rights like, to take that decision making out of the hands of a jury and put it in the hands of obviously a very qualified individual person um, there's so much that could go wrong with that that just isn't in line with what we should expect for ourselves and, and what happens if you know we ever find ourselves in the scenario where we face a jury trial you know what I mean mm-hmm. so I'm glad to see that that idea was quite quickly rolled back um, because I think like the Offensive Behaviour Act in terms of civil liberties it's a bit of an overreach yeah, man. Um, but I, I'm wary of the fact that I don't know that the idea has been completely shelved and I would probably be amongst thousands of voices all across Scotland to say that, you know, find another way to make it work. You know what I mean? Like the jury trial system has to has to stand during, yeah, man. you know, crises like this. Like we kind of put decisions like that into the, the, the hands of individuals. Absolutely. I mean, other than just it being something, like you're saying, like a stripping away of a civil liberty, of which we're giving away more than I can ever remember like people having to give away yep. um they need to be they need to be aware that these are the types of things that people use as evidence for what we were talking about earlier on and like these conspiracy theories that exactly. this is going to be a, a, a an opportunity for them to take power for you and not give you it back if we look at examples like 9-11 where the Patriot Act things like that in America and then we've seen like GCHQ and the scandal, like the Edward Snowden yeah. scandal, these are the fucking. This is the mm-hmm. shit that feeds the the fucking the the fire of these people. Is this is their their evidence and their right that this is what we're, we're living in. We're going to live in a, a basically like a, a, a militarized police state, oh, yeah. we, we, totalitarian we, state, exactly. And I think somebody, the Scottish government, should be aware that. That feeds people's fears, and why would they want to do something like that? I get that it maybe feel like a sort of low hanging fruit, right? Well, that will take away this, and we, we can do that just temporarily. But 
I'm I'm with you, man. I think if they were to try and strong arm this one through, I would be trying to oppose it because that sort of one man making a decision, man, that we see time and time again, even if just for fucking true crime documentaries on Netflix or whatever, that they get it wrong sometimes or their own personal biases shine through. And I definitely would not want to be facing that myself. I mean, that that is going to be one of the main concerns with this is that, you know, we've seen multiple examples all through, you know, time, all the true crime we've talked about, all the rest of it, where when these decisions are left up to one person, mistakes are made. Um, so outside the fact that it is from the time all over the world, but I think we need to be hyper-vigilant about overreach because, as you said, with these conspiracies, people take these threads of true information and twist them to suit their agenda. And, you know, something like getting rid of jury trials is exactly the type of fodder that these types of nutters that they're looking for for a start. But that's beside the point. You know what I mean? Like it is a legitimately bad idea that goes against what we are as a people. And I really think that going forward, the Scottish government needs to seriously think about this one because, you know, adapt, but not to this extent. Aye, absolutely. Completely agree, man. Like I said, we're getting away so much. I think to be asked to give away that level is kind of out of the order. And we have seen it for the SNP before. Um, and obviously we've said this on the podcast before that, I mean, I'm a supporter of independence, but once we're independent, I might not vote the SNP. That's my motivation for voting for them every time. There's been a couple of times like yeah. the offensive behaviour of football and now that's where I completely disagree with the sort of the way that they're looking at things. Um, in terms of the SNP maybe you not know, making itself look great, you know, in terms of how its support's going to pan it down the line. Recent events have definitely, you know, contributed to that for me as well. I'm with you where I support independence. We've said it multiple times, won't change. But whether our support for the SNP is maintained over a period of time is very much open to change. Um, I think obviously, you know, the gender recognition stuff that we've discussed at length previously has brought some really, you know, toxic ugliness resulting in a number of people, even, you know, former guests taking a step back. Um, and now we find ourselves in a kind of similar situation where the same type of toxicity is kind of really rearing its head within, you know, the SNP ranks. And first of all, obviously, exonerated and found not getting all the charges. So we're not in any way, shape or form going to argue against that. You know what I mean? Especially after having just spoke about the importance of a jury trial. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised. I'm figuring that in the current climate of Me Too, when somebody's got nine, ten accusers, you know, I would have expected if we'd followed the trend for convictions to have been, you know, sort of fairly easy to achieve. Um, I followed some of the trial, um, and obviously, having been part of a jury at a sexual assault trial previously, it followed a very similar thread of, you know, kind of wanting to basically discredit stories, cause conflict and confusion and all these other types of things. And, you know, it seems as though that the beyond a reasonable doubt factor has has maybe played its part here, and that's exactly why it's there. If you cannot prove beyond reasonable doubt, then you know somebody has to be found not guilty. Um, the reaction, especially in the press, has been a bit odd. The open letter for the the nine accusees and stuff like that seemed 
I don't know. I, I don't know how fair it was after a verdict. I think I don't know if that's something that would have been prejudicial before a court case. Mm-hmm. There's obviously been legalities in the mix, but it seems like even though he's been found innocent or not guilty, there is still a prolonged attack on Alex Salmond, which. You know, if you're some of the people who have been on the receiving end of his treatment, I can completely get why that would, you know, you'd still want to continue the fight, you know what I mean? But it's been an odd choice for press for me. I found it a bit, it jumped out to me that that was published um, after the verdict and so closely. And I don't know if this is because there's another element within the SNP who are currently agitating for Alex Salmon to return to the form now that his character has been, you know, quote-unquote washed clean by the not guilty verdicts. And I don't know if that's the right path either. You know what I mean? So the whole situation is really sort of complex for me. Like there is bits and pieces on both sides that I both agree with and disagree with, you know, after a verdict. But at the same time, each camp has been pretty vocal uh, and pretty abrasive in their approach to the other on this one. And it's something that definitely makes me think is, is, you know, down the line when Scotland becomes independent, is this a part that I wanted to learn then to spoke to? Mm-hmm. And, you know, right now, we, where we are, I probably would say no. I'd probably agree, man. I would, I, I, I wholeheartedly, I think that, like we're saying, I don't agree with a lot of the policy and I don't agree with the, the sort of characterisation of it. And I'm with you that I'm, I'm on the side of They've not been able to prove outright, but surely that there's no smoke without fire when it comes to this. But I could be wrong. I could I be think com- he's in QC's comments are quite Aye. worrying. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's been quoted on a train talking publicly during the trial about how he was basically sort of sleazeball and stuff like that. And, you know, the admissions in court that he was, you know, no angel and these types of things are quite quite worrying for me, um, especially if he's thinking about any sort of return to frontline politics. Right, I think it, it it's got to end it for me. I think it's. Um, I did read an article that was sort of insinuating that the police had over investigated it and had went to find victims and that type of thing. Um, mm. I don't. I don't really care. Like if the if these nine women said that they were assaulted by him, then I would believe them. And until. Um, that something has happened, whether or no that has constituted or whether that's ended up with a, a conviction. I, I'm not too sure if being found not guilty necessarily means morally correct or somebody that I would want to entrust in sort of my my mm-hmm. aim vote. Do you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm with you on that yeah. one. I mean, it's one of the ones I'd much rather say, guy's been found innocent. He'd already taken a, a step back for frontline politics. Let him go and go on with his life on his RT channel, and you know, be the elder statesman of Scottish independence movement, and you know, pitch in the way somebody like I don't know who was the who was the first minister does the football, the guy he pitches in every now and again and stuff like that for the background. Like you get it for guys like Gordon Brown and that you know, with a still a, a respected figure within the party, oh, Jack McConnell, those spheres, yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, they're no running campaigns or really, you know, holding any major limelight beyond the occasional nod to what they've done may occupy at this point. Mm-hmm. So what's your plan for your non like your routine once you get off your, your holiday week you've been you're gonna enjoy the rest of your holiday week, but have you got anything that you're planning to do with your time? 
Because you're on furlough, is that right? You're no like working for home or anything anymore. So yeah, I, I was working for home for a week. Um, it became pretty obvious that there wasn't really the volume of work to justify that for me, and I was followed. So yeah, I'm on the eighty percent government retention scheme, um, like many millions of other people at the minute. I've, I've no, I mean, when I say routine, I'm talking about I'm going to try and regulate my sleep a bit better, try and get up maybe, as I say, go into the garden. I tried to go into the garden yesterday, but it was just too cold. Um, so I'm waiting for a kind of break and the, the dreariness to go and have a go at that. And then, you know, if we can get through the, the two weeks to feel really comfortable about having no symptoms, then we'll start making their use of places like Huggy and all the rest of it, maybe take the car out for an hour and go somewhere. But um, it's really more about the routine of like sleeping, eating, being up at the right time, yep. and just kind of structuring the day a bit better. And then as the weeks pass, we'll see you know, what happens. I think as the, the lockdown ends, um, my furlough, I would imagine, will continue for a period of time after that, um, by the sounds of it. So I would probably maybe look to think about some of the volunteering hubs around about the area. I know the Scottish Government just did a sort of centralised volunteer hub for people that want to go out and, um, you know, help in the community. So I'd really have no excuse not to, I think. You know, at the minute, this has shown some problems of being careful, but if it's done and I'm clear of any potential symptoms, then I can do it there in the real world because it looks like I can watch. Aye, man. But you could always do the... the Couple I, managers come in handy, though. <laughs> aye, but you, you could always do the uh, YouTube videos, like the fucking life hacks and the, the wee projects. I taking life hacks in my house. Exactly. Aye. Like, do the... Do I'll li- be the only person who did. <laughs> life hack the fuck out your house, mate. That's what you should do with your time. Get some bottle caps. Make and, a video. Aye, I'm going to, like... the. Definitely going to be some kind of Blue Peter style fucking spaceship getting made or some something. Out of, um, so you're going to need to stock up on wire coat hangers as well, then, mate. Exactly. Balloons, wire coat hangers, bottle tops, and and laurels, which we should have plenty of. You know uh, absolutely, I mean? mate. Absolutely. But mate, cheers for calling me again, man. Another another week done. Um, I wonder how many of these. I mean, I think. Try to get off this subject. It's going to be a fucker, I think. <laughs> Don't mind. Uh, I'd like to maybe reach out to some of the folk who are, um, you know, ordinarily if we were talking to guests on a, day, a weekly basis, it'd be about folk who were doing live shows in town or launching books or any of these types of things. But I've become quite aware of a number of folk who are still kind of like entertaining online. Um, I know a lot of artists have went, you know, in the road of videos and you know podcasting and stuff like that so I think if we could maybe start to reach out to folk who are set up to you know pipe in digitally the way we are then I'd maybe go up for that in the coming weeks and talk to them about you know maybe what the guys at the standard are doing and so on and so forth you know what I mean like, absolutely man sounds like a good idea and we should get like a wee list together and see if we can get somebody on the go for next one week one thing I have noticed but for these um, online like entertainment things is that and I don't know if you've spotted it, like, I didn't realise how many ukuleles are out there in the world. Like, <laughs> there's, like, 750,000 people in that Rock the Lockdown group. And any time I just scroll by on Facebook, there is somebody there with a ukulele. And I'm like, I don't think I'm conscious of ever having met anybody with a ukulele in my adult life. They're either hiding it, keeping it under their, car, you know, under their, their jacket, um, or, you know, I've been living a quite a sheltered life because... 
like rock the lock in particular was very ukulele heavy. Aye, I think there's been a, a, a trend the last couple of years of people buying or being bought ukuleles as gifts. I've definitely seen... Really? Oh, yeah, man. I've definitely seen ukulele fucking videos and stuff appearing. And it's kind of like going back, if you think back, like, Nikon had a fucking ukulele. But, was, <laughs> you know what I mean? People had a guitar, but aye, there's been a bit of a trend, it, man. And I think that you're definitely seeing that coming out in that group then, because aye, it's, it's uh, for sure. Ukulele's a hipster thing then, aye? I think so, dude. Aye. Um, that's, that's the right. one hipster thing that I don't fucking have, is a ukulele. I would take a minute just to say thanks to the folk because they've been keeping me extremely amused um, with, you know, their various covers and stuff like that. Aye, man. And so was it Rock the Lockdown, it's called? I'm going to go and check it out. Rock the Lockdown on Facebook. Aye, man. Um, it is literally... Uh, some folk have took it really to town. Like, I've seen one guy who's clearly like a cabaret singer of some sort in his spare time, and he'd emptied his entire front room. So he had and put up his, like, stage banner behind him, and it was clearly just... Well, I'm in it flaring in an empty room. So he's in an empty one of the rooms he's used. He's set up lights, he's set up PA, the whole lot. So he did to then perform this one song on Rock the Lockdown. Um, his neighbours must have absolutely fucking hated him, man. Like, but he was good. But at the same time, we need to be maybe a wee bit less dialed in. Most folk are just sitting with their ukuleles on their couches, you know what I mean? Aye, this cunt's got a fucking PA system and a light show in his front room. Did you see Elvis <laughs> and Colt Bridge? Sure, overkill. I did. I did. That was brilliant. Fucking hilarious. Absolutely amazing. Um, did you get lifted? Uh, it kinda, the video just kind of ended. You didn't see it, and I didn't see any update. Just what fucking miserable bastards phoning the police. And I mean, come on to fuck. Like, everybody's just having, trying to have a laugh for fuck's sake. Unless, I suppose, yeah. I suppose if he was doing it all day and all night, you'd be like, right, calm the fuck down, mate. But, <laughs> 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 I was like, Dan Elvis's entire fifty-year back catalogue. Um, but I thanks for like coming on. We'll just wrap up there, man. It's just a a cathartic and a conversation, just talking shit about what we're, what we're seeing. I'm noticing Mel that you, I like. I'm completely like this week anyway. I've, there's so much that we spoke about that I didn't even fucking notice anyway. So it's probably a good wee update for me to get and just fucking <laughs> like back up to date with shit. As I'm like, aye, you've been in your pure meditative bubble in the house for like three weeks now. Like, I was wondering why I was going to get like pure Master Yoda when I phoned through, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Not quite yet, not quite yet. But aye, cheers, mate, and we'll talk again next week and we'll get a guest list together and hopefully we get somebody on. No worries, mate. Speak to you soon. Lightning falls when there is panic in the sky Thunder calls when all but fear is lived to die You tell it like it's fantasy Something that you're never going to be Story every day. There's just one thing that I have to say that if we believe everything.
don't know why you say the things you do You'd see a whole new way to be Giving honest answers are not those lies to me Empty halls now filled with echoes of their past Honor stars, they lived each day like it's their last You tell it like it's fantasy, something that you're never going to be Every day, there's just one thing that I have to say That if we believe, if we trusted you Then I don't know why you say the things you do You'd see a whole new way to be Giving honest answers and not those lies to me I can tell that you're on a mission just to break the walls down time and time again If it wasn't true, would it be okay to break the walls down time and time again? If we believe, if we trusted you Then I don't know why you say the things you do You'd see a whole new way to be Giving honest answers and not those lies to me Believe, if we trusted you then I don't know why you say the things you do You'd see a whole new way to be Giving honest answers and not those lies to me